Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to Darling Little Secrets. Happy Friday. I hope you guys are doing well. And I believe this week we're going to get up close and personal. But first, what the actual fuck is happening? Are you fucking kidding me? Kanye West running for president? Oh my god. The motherfucking level of narcissism there is. Birthday party? Come on, dude. And honestly, I love Kanye. Or at least, I think I used to love Kanye. I used to think, you know what, regardless of whatever his, you know, mental health is, of his emotional whatever is, I'm like, you know what, I understand. I myself deal with similar struggles. I'm bipolar. I have, you know, you know, my mental health is not the best and I'm working on it. And, you know, I used to kind of just, it sounds stupid, obviously, but I used to kind of just um, have excuses for, for him or for liking him. And I am a huge Kardashian stan. Like, I love those bitches. And I don't know. I don't know if this if there's something else that we're not seeing that's going on, you know, behind the scenes or whatever it is. But this is like one of the things that I'm like, and I never really get into politics. I never really like, you know, do or talk about much about this. But honestly, what the actual fuck? In all reality, this is the this is the moment where you say how dare you? How dare you do something like that? Just because you have money, just because you know you feel like you feel like you're entitled to something. I don't know. I have all kinds of mixed feelings about this. I have reviewed some of like the recent things that he's talked about in the past, like he's against abortion and you know, a lot of other things. And I don't know. At this point, I am saying, like, how dare you? Like, the level of motherfucking narcissism. And I don't know. He's Is he out of his mind? But then again, I think about it. Like, Kim Kardashian is not, a, it's not fucking stupid. She's not a dummy. She, like, that's, that's why, that's the only reason why I'm thinking. Like, is there something else going on behind the scenes? Is this just, like, a plan? I don't know. I truly can't understand it. I am not for it whatsoever, and that's that. I'm sure a lot of us feel that way. But anyway, on a lighter note, not so much lighter, I guess you can say, because today we are going to talk about the constant feeling of not being enough, or the constant feeling of not feeling like you're enough. Same thing, I just uh, rephrased it, I guess. (laughs) And you know what? I got called out by my sister-in-law. She's like, I feel comfortable telling you this. It's constructive criticism. I totally accept that. I asked for it. I totally take it. Um, but she was like, um, and um is another thing. But anyway, she was like, I feel like you just rephrase, not rephrase, but like repeat things um, a lot. So she's like, I just wanted to tell you that. I was like, I know. I was like, I know I do. I was like, but at the end of the day, because I used to write out like my timelines and figure out what I was going to say after what, but then I kind of just felt like I was going through it and not really 
getting like the full concept of what I wanted to say. So I stopped doing that and I just said, fuck it. I am going to just roll with the punches and talk as I go. I already know what topic I'm going to talk about and I'm going to go from there. I just don't want it to feel like it's scripted or, you know, written out or anything like that. So I'm just going to talk and as if I was having a regular conversation with somebody. Because I think that's what a podcast should be. It should feel. If I'm wrong, I'm open to constructive criticism always. So you guys are more than welcome to always tell me, you know what? Eh, You are kind of fucking rambling a lot. Just fucking stop it. But other than that, like I said, we're going to talk about just the constant feeling of not being enough or that you can do better. Or comparing yourself to other people. And you know what? I find myself doing that a lot of the times. And I know people who like follow me on Instagram or wherever, you know, whatever platform you found me from. It might seem like, you know, this bitch has her shit together. She's doing this. But you know what? Like they say, Instagram is just a motherfucking highlight reel. And people obviously are not going to show their struggles because they don't want to seem weak. And maybe I'm speaking for a lot of people. Maybe others do share their struggles. Maybe others, you know, are sharing everything that's going on in their lives. But to me, there's like, I'm all, I always say, shit, sorry. I always say like I'm an open book. But in reality, sometimes I do want to keep some stuff private. I think that there's a time and a place for stuff. And maybe not all of not all of it should be on social media. I do try to share as much as I can. I do try to share everything that I'm doing all the time. Just so you guys can see how my life actually is. But then how my life actually is might not be how somebody else sees it. If that makes sense. So I'm just wanna let you guys know that no, my life is not fucking perfect. You know, we struggle all the time. And as, as perfect as I want it to be or, you know, as good as they may seem somewhere else, it's not, guys. It's a constant struggle. It's a constant hustle. And to me, like, I can't, which is something that I've been really, really trying to work on. Because to me, I feel like I'm always in a rush. I'm always like, okay, I already did this. What's going to happen next? Or... Oh my God, you know, for example, I have a to-do list every day and I want it to get done and I want it to get done in fucking order. And I think I've talked about this in a previous episode and if it doesn't get done in order or at the time that I want it to get done at, then my whole day is fucked up and that shouldn't happen. And that is my OCD. I do suffer from generic OCD, finally diagnosed. It's not like um, something specific. It's just generic OCD. And that has a lot to do with it, but I am trying to play around with some stuff. For example, I used to, well, I mean, I still go on my run every morning, and I do feel that if I don't do that every morning, that's going to throw me off. If I have a client at 6 a.m., I am going to wake up an hour before my regular wake-up time, which is usually 5 a.m., to go run and get my run in before my client. So I have been doing that. I do have clients at 6 a.m. sometimes. That means that my ass 
my first alarm rings at 3.30, second at 3.45, and my ass is up by 4 a.m. I'm out the door by 4.30, come back home. It's like a 40 to 45 minute run. Come back home, and then I go straight to my client. And then I work out after my client. This is just an example. Because before, I used to be like, oh my God, I have to work out right after my run. I need to. I need to do it. Like, if I don't do it, I'm not going to get it done. But you know what? Switching it around has brought me to the fact that it's going to be okay, that I can work out after my client, and the workout is just as effective as it was, you know, at 5 a.m. It's just as effective at 7 a.m. So... That's something that I'm trying to work on, just shuffling around my schedule and telling myself it's going to be okay. Like, you'll live. Your workout is going to happen. And even if you switch things around in order, as long as you get them done that day, it's totally okay. And I think that's something that I'm just going to have to live with for a pretty long time or, you know, for the rest of my life, just trying to control it because... I mean, other than that, there's not much else I can do. That's the way I think. That's the way I feel. And it can get a little bit overwhelming at times. But now back to the actual subject. (laughs) Here I go, rambling a lot. Back to the actual subject. You know, the constant feeling of not, you know, being enough. I think that for me, this stems from back when I was younger. So as most of you guys know, I have shared that I have a brother who is a recovering addict. He's doing well now, thank God. Um, But I think that my parents obviously always gave him the preference of a lot of things. He was the oldest. um, He was the only guy. Because it's just him and I. I don't have any other siblings. And I've always felt that I was less than. I always felt that he got all the attention. I always felt that he was getting everything that he needed while I was being left aside. And it had been that way ever since, even before he became a drug addict. I never said anything. I was like, no, it's just maybe me. And no, I totally do not blame my parents for that at all. Once, obviously, he became a drug addict, then my parents started paying more attention to him. It would be to where we would be at a family event and, you know, him being older than I was, my mom would be like, you know, oh, can I serve you some food or what do you need? Do you need anything to drink? To my brother. And to me, it would be like, oh, The food is right there. Go ahead and serve yourself. And that's something I will never forget because I used to happen pretty often. So that's like one of the things that I can truly go back on. Like I said, I don't blame my parents. I know deep down they knew that something was up or something was wrong with my brother. They were just in denial. So they were trying to cater to him. Maybe I am making up excuses for them now. But anyway, that's how it was. So I had that constant feeling of like, why doesn't my mom do that with me? Or, you know, like, like I'm younger. I, like my brother was 
what, like 15, 16? I was 10 or 11 years old. So to me, it was like, okay, you're going to let myself serve myself, which I was capable of. But then again, so was my brother. So me being younger, why wasn't she catering to me? So I think I resented him and my parents a lot for it too. I remember talking to my aunt about it once, one of my aunts, and I was telling her like, you know, like I feel like my mom, you know, has a preference over like over James because that's my brother's name, um, over James. And I was like, I don't, you know, I don't feel appreciated. And it was one New Year's Eve when I said that. And my aunt talked to my mom and my mom made it seem like, oh my God, like you're just trying to make me look bad and you know it's not like that. So, okay, I felt guilty for bringing it up to other people and I just let it go. Although it kept on happening, I never, you know, never really quite picked up from it. I just kind of just let it be. Um, Through time, obviously, my brother's addiction worsen and obviously all the attention for sure went to him so when I was 15 well before I was 15 my freshman year in high school I was just kind of like not liking school I was like this is not for me um I started ditching school a lot and I don't know I don't blame it on the fact that I felt neglected I just didn't like school honestly And then not having that constant attention from my parents, I wasn't scared if they were going to find out or not. Because I was like, eh, it is what it is, whatever. So I started ditching school a lot. And by my sophomore year, my mom, well, I mean, at the end of my freshman year, my mom kind of just started, like, finding out. She kind of threatened me because my brother was already in rehab at the time. So she kind of threatened me to send me to rehab for being uncontrollable I guess the type of uh, facility that my brother was at they just didn't have people there for being drug addicts they had people there because their parents couldn't control them as well so it was like a I don't know whatever it was facility so my mom I ran away from the house once after my mom had caught me ditching school I was like fuck this like you know, I'm not going to listen to you. Guess where the fuck I ran away to my aunt's house. And that was unsuccessful because my mom obviously caught me. My dad was waiting for me. And I was like, okay. So when that happened, they threatened me to send me to this facility because, you know, they're like, oh, like we're losing control over you, this and that. Like you're going to go to this facility. And I was like, you're not going to send me there. <laughs> so I... They gave me another option, which was go live with my other aunt in Encinitas, which I chose to do, obviously, because I was not going to go to a fucking facility. So, yeah, that happened. But then that brings me to the point, like, was I, like, did they have to resort to that kind of option to have control over me? Because even then, I don't think they were able to fully have control over me just because I was supposed to stay with my aunt Monday through Friday and then go to my parents during the weekend and instead so I wouldn't have to go to my parents I got a job specifically to work on the weekends so I wouldn't go home so anyway I'm not trying to bash on my parents my parents have 
tried to give me the world and, you know, honestly have given it to me as much as they could. And I'm forever thankful for them. Um, We now do have one of the best relationships that we've ever had in years. And I think it's because they've honestly have seen my evolution in a way. And that I am responsible. I can take care of myself. I am not to fucking toot my own horn, but I am pretty successful for my age. And I think that they know that they don't have to worry about me. So... I mean, to an extent, you know, they're always going to worry. They're going to have that parent instinct. But other than that, they know that, you know, I am well taken care of by myself. Um, My husband loves me and I love him and I'm in good hands. So I think that they do feel comfortable in a sense with that and they trust me. So that's a huge plus. Once again, not trying to bash on my parents whatsoever. They did the best they could and... That's that. Now, going back to, like, my own freaking insecurities, you know, fast forward till now, uh, you know, that constant feeling of not being enough kind of just, I don't know if it stems from that, like I said, but I just remember it does go back to that. And whenever I do feel like I could do better or that I am not enough, it rem- it goes back and, I re- and it reminds myself of that exact same feeling that I felt when I was younger um, with the fact that my parents, or I felt that my parents uh, had a preference for my brother over me, which I honestly don't think was the case. Till this day, I don't believe that was the case. I just know that's how I felt. And it's a pretty unhealthy situation to be in, honestly. My therapist has been helping me a shit ton with this feeling. And I recently vented out to her that I was like, I just feel like I could do, well, now with specifically speaking about my career, I was telling her, I'm like, I just feel like I could do so much more, like, I'm like, my clients' referrals are, or testimonies are my, like, my biggest reward. Like, if they feel like they're getting a good workout in or they're seeing a good transformation, then they're going to refer me to somebody else. And then I was like, she's like, well, how long ago did you start taking clients? It's honestly been like five weeks. So she's like, okay. She's like, it's been five to six weeks. You're truly not going to see anybody's transformation so quick unless, you know, you're fucking giving them, (laughs) she's like, drugs or something. So I was like, okay, like, I know that. She's like, give it time. Um, Right now I have about 12 clients and I'm so grateful for it. And I didn't see the magnitude of it until she pointed it out to me. She's like, okay, she's like, you've been in business um, realistically speaking, for six weeks. She's like, you have 12 clients. So she's like, you've gained more than one client a week. That means she's like, you've gained two clients a week. She's like, you busted your own business in the middle of a motherfucking pandemic, <laughs> which is so hard to do. And you're still, like, your business is growing. She's like, it's not like it's going down, it's growing. And the clients who have ended their 
turns, I guess you can say, have decided to like renew their sessions. I offer monthly sessions and I charge people for the month or online programs, but most of my clients are in person. So I was telling her that I was talking to her about that and then she's like, all the clients that you had decided to stay with you for another month, most of them, and now you're like gaining more. She's like, so she's like, I don't know what you're talking about, about not, you know, feeling like you can do more or about not being enough or not being the best. Don't get me wrong. I know I'm not the fucking best personal trainer in the world. I'm not. And I know there's people that know more. I know there's people that are better than I am. And I'm not saying that. It's just, I don't know. I just feel like I could be busier, although I do get a little bit overwhelmed when I do have a busy week. And I don't know. It it was just, I mean, it is this constant feeling. So I've been learning and trying, which is something I encourage everybody to do who is going through the same thing or feeling the same way. I just kind of encourage you to take a step back and live in the moment. And this is 100% a tip from my therapist. She suggested that I take a step back and live in the moment. Celebrate each little milestone, no matter how big, no matter how small it is. So I'm always in a constant hurry of what's going to happen next or what's next. And okay, like I'm going to rush through today and then get ready for tomorrow. But then why am and it's like that every day for me. So why am I going to rush through something today? Maybe that's why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling because I'm rushing through it. I'm not giving it my all. And it's not that I'm not giving it my all professionally because I give my clients, you know, the most attention I can. I cater to their programs. It's just whatever I have to do, if that makes sense. I'm not sure I'm explaining myself very well, but it's whatever I have to do. It's what I feel like I need to rush through. And I don't know why I'm rushing. I don't know why I can't just live in the moment. Whenever I'm doing something, it's always like, okay, what am I going to do after that? Or what's next after that? So it's that constant like go, 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 go mindset. And it's been quite hard to to deal with it. Mostly because it's, It's not just what goes on throughout my day. It's like every little thing that I'm doing, it's like, okay, I know I need to be here at this time. I need to do this person at this time. I need to have my own personal time at this time. I need to run errands at this time, go grocery shopping, which grocery shopping is one of the things that I hate the most. Um, I told you guys in the last episode, I'd rather be at the DMV than fucking go grocery shopping. So it's just that constant once again, struggle of not living in the moment. And it used to not always be that way. It it didn't. I used to really like soak in everything I can at the time and then worry about what's going to happen next when it happened. 
So I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm like thinking like five years ahead, honestly. And it's a little bit stressful. A lot stressful, actually. Um, I honestly also think that it's because I haven't really had stability in my life almost ever. Since I was, I mean, my brother has been drugging himself or had been drugging himself, I'm sorry, since he was 19. He just turned 30. So for 11 years, which I was 12 years old when this had started, and it was always a constant, you know, battle, struggle with him. So there was never really stability in my home. And then for me, crossing the border back and forth to go to school was also not having stability. And then moving with my aunt, you know, I never really had a home. And then after that, I moved in with Thomas after living with my aunt, I moved in with Thomas and then moved to Orange County and then we move every year. We literally get a new apartment every year. Once our lease is up, we just go somewhere else. So I think that that also has a lot to do with the fact that, yeah, I've never really had stability in my life. I've always been moving from one place to another and nothing has ever really felt like a home. So maybe that's why... It stems from there. It stems from the fact that I was always in the go. I was never really stable in one place. And it's always, or it has always been like, go, go, go. And at least to me, every time, because we move every year, it's like as soon as like the 10th month hits from our lease, I know that we have to move in two months. So by the 10th month, I'm already like stressing. Oh my God, we have to move in two months. We have to do this. We have to do that. Oh my God, two months. And honestly, the last two months at my house don't even feel like home. And they don't and they haven't because we're we're like three weeks away from moving from this place. And I'm constantly thinking, okay, we have to clean. We have to do this. We have to do that. We have to go get boxes. We have to go get a storage unit. We have to go do all this shit. And... I've been like, okay, why am I going to clean now if they're still going to charge us a cleaning fee? Might as well just fucking leave it like that. So even right now, my own home feels uncomfortable. It just feels uncomfortable to live in. It doesn't feel like it's habitable. <laughs> and I don't know that those, I guess those are my own struggles that, you know, that I deal with. But that's the way it feels, <laughs> And it sucks. It really sucks. And then maybe I just overthink shit. Maybe I do. But if one of you hasn't gone through this, I honestly envy you because it is not the best feeling. I wish that I could just, you know, be like, okay, fuck it. We're moving in three weeks. Whatever. Like start packing like two days before. But I'm not like that. Like I want to start packing. We're moving in three weeks. I want to start packing next week. (laughs) And it's, again... I think that also comes from my generic OCD. Who the fuck knows? But other than that, speaking of like moving and stuff, God, I can't wait till we get a house. (sighs) We do. I honestly don't have much friends. I don't have many friends my age. I'm 23. Thomas is 30. I'll be 24 this year. Thomas will be 31. And 
honestly, all of our friends are older. And, well, I mean, they're Thomas's age. But a lot of them are already, like, you know, buying houses. And they have kids. And we're one of the few that don't. And then I'm like, fuck, man. Like, this is where it comes to, like, comparing myself to others. And I do get it when they say, like, don't compare your chapter one to somebody's chapter 20 or whatever. But I'm like, fuck, like, I want a motherfucking house. (laughs) And we're working towards that. We have been for the past year and a half. We've been working towards getting a house, hence why we are moving into my mother-in-law's house after this. So our lease is up in three weeks and we're moving into my mother-in-law's house, which is going to work out because I train my clients out of her house, which again, I'm so grateful for her letting me do that. And I guess for a while I'll be working from home, but the plan is to stay there for a few months up to a year, year and a half if needed, and get a house. It's We're taking a step back to be able to take two steps forward in the future. So hopefully that works out, and I'm sure it will. And hopefully we're able to have a house soon, which fucking buying a house in Orange County is so fucking ridiculously expensive. <sighs> but... I mean, I guess we'll make it work and we can do it. And I mean, I know we're setting our minds to it. So that's going to happen. And, you know, putting it out, manifesting it into <laughs> into the world. You know, and that's when it comes of that feeling like, am I not enough? And am I, am I not doing enough to be able to, to do this? Like, why can't I have that? And that that's my thing. Like, your own thoughts are your worst enemies. So I'm just trying to say like everything will come at its time. It's not our time. It's not right for us at the moment. And it'll come when it does, when it's right. So it's something I'm really trying to practice because trust me, I am not I am not the best at practicing what I preach. But I, you know, if this can be of use to somebody else, then awesome because I am trying to make it work for myself. Um but yeah. The constant feeling of the constant feeling of feeling like you're not enough. It's not something pretty. And it's not just like material things that I find myself comparing to other people, but it's like body type. Like why can't my body look like that bitches? Or what can I do so my body can look like that? Not knowing that it's like genetics has a lot to do with it. Besides health and working out and you know all of that like genetics has a lot to do with it I obviously can't aspire to have a Kylie Jenner's ass because obviously it's fake and other than that it's not realistic or I can't expect myself to have you know big boobs because as much as I want to work out for them they're not realistic because you know obviously I need a fucking boob job it's all genetics so that's one a lot one other thing that I do find myself comparing to others and it's not pretty. Mind you, I'm very comfortable in my own skin at the moment. I truly am. So for me to compare my body to somebody else's at the moment might seem ignorant, 
don't get me wrong, even even somebody who's confident, maybe I'm not all that confident after all, um, can have some insecurities. And I can say fully aware and fully open that I am one of the most insecure persons or insecure people that you will ever meet. My insecurities are up through the roof. I may not show it. I may hide it really well, but they are. And it's with everything. Um, My body, financial status, um, you know, everything. Looks. It's everything. And it's not okay. It's not okay. And I tell myself, I tell myself all the time, Darlene, you are so fucking blessed to be living the life that you're living. I live in a very nice apartment with my husband and my two French bulldogs. In a fucking two bedroom, two bath apartment that we don't even need a second bedroom for. Literally, my vanity is there. And... Most of the time, I'm not wearing makeup, so most of the time, I don't even go in there. So I do try to tell myself, like, Darlene, you're fucking blessed AF to be living the life that you're living, so stop bitching and stop complaining. And you know what? It all sinks in. And I do have most of these thoughts during my morning runs. That's why I'm like, you know what? I'm so fucking grateful for another day. I'm, you know, pretty fucking blessed to, to be living this life. In fucking Orange County, you know, so it's it's tough. So I do try to repeat repeat that to myself a lot of times. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Because even when I do tell myself those things, I'm like, okay, but what can I do to get more? And I don't know if it's a bad thing. I don't know if it's a good thing. But I'm always wanting more than what I have. I get... I, I get to a certain point to, like, I reach a certain goal, and I'm like, okay, I'm here. Now I want this. Which I don't think is necessarily bad, or I don't think it's necessarily a horrible thing to aspire for more. But it brings me back to the point that let's live in the moment. Let's celebrate those little things. Let's be grateful for where we are at the moment. Let's enjoy ourselves in the moment. Of where we are now instead of thinking how and when or why can't I have more so that's that guys honestly I did ramble a lot and I think I got most of my thoughts out as much as I could I don't know if I got you know strict to the Sorry, straight to the point, but I hope you guys were able to understand my point of view and where I'm currently standing just because, like I said, it is a constant struggle. It's not something that I can fix overnight. It's something that I have to really take the time to myself and meditate about it almost every day. So it's a constant battle that I'm dealing with. Thank God for therapy, honestly, because... Therapy has allowed me to kind of um, talk out, not talk out, but 
put my feelings into words, if that makes sense. And I myself can't put them into words. But when I tell my therapist, this is how I'm feeling, and I don't know why, and I don't know how to explain it. And she tells me, okay, so this, this, and that. This is, you know, this is how you're feeling. This is how you react. And maybe this is why. And you know what? She lands it, like, straight to the point all the time. And I'm like, okay, like, it gives me a better understanding of why I'm acting the way I'm acting, why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. And then she gives me tips to work on it throughout the week. So... I'm trying, I'm really trying, trying to be a better person, I'm trying to be a better personal trainer, I'm trying to be a better dog mom, a better wife, a better business owner, and yeah, I mean, one of the things that I said, like, I never want to fail my parents, ever, and when I got to work in the cannabis industry after... I worked at AAA, my 9-to-5 job. My parents, I'm not going to say they were devastated, but they were pretty fucking disappointed. It wasn't until maybe like a year after that they saw that my husband and I were doing fairly well for ourselves that they were like, okay, you know, maybe this is not such a bad thing. And then, you know, just cannabis started to be a little bit more normalized. And they kind of just had a more open mind about it. But obviously having my brother as a drug addict, they were pretty opposed to it. They knew that this this isn't what they wanted me to do. Or, you know, not ideally what they saw myself doing. Like my dad always told me like, oh my God, like I see you as a lawyer. I see you working at the court. I see you like as a cop. My dad has always wanted me to be something or someone in law enforcement and although maybe I aspired to be something like that it was it was a school part for me to me honestly it was the school part I don't like school I'm not a school person if that's even a thing I've always believed in working for myself not working for somebody else. I had always wanted to be my own boss. I have always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I had always wanted to make my own rules. And if I didn't want to go to work one day, that was going to be up to me, not to somebody else. So to me, I still kind of hold that inside of me, like the fact that my parents had always wanted me to be or do something in law enforcement. I do sometimes feel guilty for not making them proud or for now, you know, living up to their standards because they did expect more from me. But at the end of the day, I don't know. I think that I'm, like I said, I think I'm doing fairly well for myself and for my age. So my dad recently told me uh, this past 4th of July, we spent it at my mother-in-law's house and he was seeing how I had my little gym set up and everything. And he uh, handed me down like a small bench press, but it's like it has a leg extension, a leg curl and one. It's pretty cool. It's very old school. You have those sand, um, sand plates and stuff. 
so he was like, oh, you know, this is where you train. I'm like, yeah, this is it. He hadn't seen it since we put it together. He's like, you know what? He's like, he's like I'm actually pretty proud of you. I was like, actually. I'm like, okay. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, you weren't before? But anyway, to hear him say that was very relieving in a way. Kind of like, I'm not going to say like I made it, but it felt warm in my heart to have him say that. And I felt pretty good about it, obviously. So to me, that has been one of also the constant feeling of not feeling like I'm doing enough or like not being enough was the fear of not making my parents proud. Because... To them, working for the government has always been higher than being a business owner. So, yeah, I'm slowly trying to get them to understand that working for myself has been one of the best decisions I have made. I quit my 9 to 5 when I was 21 and haven't gone back since. So... I think and I hope that I've made them proud by not working for somebody else. But other than that, I just want to challenge all of you guys. If you ever feel that way, to put your life into perspective and just really think about the fact that not everybody, not everybody's life is perfect and even sometimes the people that you admire the most are the people who are struggling the most inside. As open as their lives might seem or as in much as an open book you think they are, all of our struggles are not being shared. And yes, I'm speaking for myself. I am speaking for myself because I myself, like I said, I am one of the most insecure people you will ever meet. I have constant struggles and really, this is probably the only time that I've spoken out loud about it, other than talking to my husband about it and my therapist. Um, this is probably the only other time I've spoken openly about it. So as much as I keep on trying to be a boss-ass bitch, <laughs> there's still some weaknesses that I have, and there are still a lot of insecurities that I'm trying to work on. So I challenge you guys to just put it, put everything into perspective. Know that your time is right now. You're at the right time right now. And if you are aiming for something higher or something or, or more, it'll come. And it'll come when it's right. So just be patient, which I know it's not always the easiest thing to do. Like I said, this is something I'm trying to work on myself. I'm trying to practice what I preach. But if this can help anybody else, then I would consider this a success. So I know we got a little bit more personal today than usual, which has only happened a couple other times. So I thank you guys for listening through everything. I thank you guys for sticking through and next week, uh, something really exciting happened today. Um, but you guys will probably see it on Instagram pretty soon because I will post it tonight. 
uh, I am recording this on Thursday, July 9th. So this episode will be live Friday, July 10th. <laughs> but yeah, something really exciting happened today, at least for me. <laughs> and I can't wait to share it. Or probably, like I said, be on Instagram. So yeah, <laughs> look out for that. And I think next week's episode is going to be based on that if something else doesn't come up. I am so happy to be back, so happy to be recording again, letting out all my motherfucking feelings. And guys, my shoulder guide is live. It is an eight-week shoulder guide. Once again, I don't recommend, or I mean, it is not for you to be doing the workouts every day. It's just for you guys to implement into your own workout split. So whenever you guys are training shoulders, then you guys would implement this guide. So... Yeah, it's an eight-week shoulder guide. It's $20. You can find it at DarleneRubyFitness.com. So it's just like my Instagram handle, DarleneRuby. And that's D-A-R-L-E-N-E-R-U-B-I-E Fitness.com. So DarleneRubyFitness.com. For some reason, the menu tab, I'm sorry, the Shop Now tab won't work. So you click on the little menu tab. You click Shop. Uh, it'll take you to the products, which is... My, uh, I mean, my shoulder guide is the only one on there so far. And then, yeah, it's $20. So I do thank you from the bottom of my heart if you guys choose to support. And other than that, guys, I think this is going to be it for today. Going to wrap it up here. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode. We'll see you next week. And you know what? Don't forget to drink all the motherfucking champagne. We'll see you next week.